The New Testament treats very largely of the mystery of the name. After Jesus rose from the dead, and before his assumption to the right hand of power, the kingdom and the name were the especial topics of conversation between him and his disciples. They understood the doctrine of the kingdom better than of the name, until he opened their understandings, that they might understand the scriptures of the prophets. Luke 24, verse 45. These in regard to the death, burial, resurrection, and assumption of the name-bearer, and the doctrinal use to be made of them, had been hid from their eyes. Luke 18, verses 31 to 34. But when he had risen, the time had come to remove the veil, which still remains upon the understandings of all who do not comprehend the truth as it is in Jesus. O fools, said he to two of them, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Luke 24, verse 25. On a subsequent occasion, when all of them were convened, he said that according as it was written in the prophets, it behoved the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Verses 44 to 47. In his name is here an all-important phrase, for apart from this great name, there is no repentance nor remission of sins for Jew or Gentile. There is salvation in no other, For, continues the Spirit in Peter, there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4 verse 12. And again he said, To him give all the prophets testimony, that whosoever believeth into him shall receive remission of sins through his name. Chapter 10 verse 43. The name is expressive of a personal existence among men. In its first sojourn here, though it was the deity's name, it was a name of no reputation. It was without rule, being the name of a servant, of a humiliated, oppressed and afflicted man, absolutely obedient to the will of the deity, even unto the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also, says Paul, in Philippians 2 verse 9, hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of heavenlies and of earthlies and of subterraneans, and every tongue confess that Jesus anointed is Lord, to the glory of deity the Father. In this highly exalted name are repentance and remission of sins 
alone to be found. A man may be ever so intelligent in the scriptures, ever so excellently and piously disposed, ever so firmly convinced of the truth as it is in Jesus, still, if he have not been added to this name, if he have not laid hold upon it according to divine appointment, and in no other way can it be laid hold of, he is the subject neither of repentance nor remission of sins, and furthermore, if having laid hold of it, he follow not the example of the faithful in Pergamos, and hold it fast, the Spirit will fight against him with the sword of his mouth. By grace are men saved, through faith that works by love, and purifies the heart. Ephesians 2 verse 8, Galatians 5 verse 8, and Acts 15 verse 9. Assuming then that a sinner believes the things of the kingdom of the deity and of the name of Jesus anointed, and that he has fallen in love with them, and that loving what he believes, and the effect of this affectionate belief, or believing with the heart, has been to alienate his affections from the pleasures of sin and earthly things, and has caused him to set them upon the things anew or exalted, where the Christ is on the right hand of the deity sitting, assuming this to be the state of his mind and disposition. He is then in a condition to receive repentance, and to be saved from his past sins, and to obtain a right to eternal life through the name of Jesus anointed, who is the Lord, the Spirit. But if the sinner have not this affectionate belief, he can receive nothing through the name, because he has no faith for justification, and no disposition, such as Abraham had, to be reckoned for repentance. Without the faith that works by love and purifies the heart, it is impossible to please the deity. On the day of Pentecost, in the thirty-sixth year from the birth of Jesus, Peter addressed three thousand Jews whose understandings and affections had been thus prepared by the things they believed. When they asked Peter, saying, What shall we do? He replied, not knowing as yet what their convictions were, Change ye your mind, and every one of you be immersed upon the name of Jesus anointed into remission of sins. They were to be immersed, epi to onomati, upon and for the name of Jesus anointed. Because the gospel of the kingdom was preached to them to separate them from that evil generation of Israel for the name, as it was afterwards preached to the Gentiles for the same purpose, to take out of the nations a people, epi to onomati, for the name of him. Acts 15 verse 14. They were immersed for this name, that they might constitute a part of this name. For it is a name of multitude, all of whose constituents are in Jesus Christ. In other words, 
in deity the Father and the Lord Jesus anointed. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 1. For a sinner, then, affectionately believing the truth, to be immersed for the name, is for him to be added to the name of deity, that when that divine name is complete, he with Jesus may be manifested in power and great glory. The righteousness of God through Jesus Christ's faith is ace for all and epi upon all the believing. Romans 2 verse 22. This manifestation is the ultimate purpose of his addition to this name. But there is also a present reason and advantage resulting therefrom. Be every one of you, said Peter, immersed upon the name of Jesus anointed into remission of sins. When added to the name, the immersed believer is en to onomati, in the name, Acts 10 verse 48, as a man is in a robe when he has put it on. The name is regarded as a covering by which his sin is covered, Psalm 32 verses 1 and 2. Now, immersion is the divinely appointed action by which a true believer is, and a true believer only can be, united, added, or married to the name. And in order to this, that he may be in the name, it is appointed for him to be immersed, ace, into, or for, the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. A formula which is equivalent to the phrase, the name of Jesus anointed. For Jesus anointed is the Father manifested in the Son, Jesus, by Holy Spirit. In other words, deity manifested in flesh. The believing and rejoicing sinner, then, who has followed the example of the Samaritans in faith and practice, Acts 8 verse 12, is immersed in water upon, for, and into the name, which is the same as being immersed into remission of sins. The Spirit, the water, and the blood are the three witnesses on the earth that are convergent into the one name. 1 John 5 verse 8 The Spirit, which is the truth, works in him who understands it to believe, to will, and to do. The water is the medium of induction into the name, and no one since Pentecost AD 35 can prove that he has been added to the sin-covering name who has not passed through the water. Except a man be born ex out of water and spirit, saith the king of Israel, he cannot enter into the kingdom of the deity. John 3 verse 5 the water will not bear witness in favour of the unwashed. The third witness is the blood. By faith in the testimony concerning 
the sin-covering efficacy of the blood of Jesus. The sinner who believes the covenanted promises is brought into sacrificial relation thereto. By faith in the testimony of Jesus, he believes that sin was condemned in his flesh when he was crucified, that his blood is the blood of the new or Abrahamic covenant by which it was dedicated, shed for the remission of the sins of the many, whose sins Jesus bore in his own body to the cross. Believing that, without the shedding of the blood of Jesus, there would have been no remission through the name, the blood becomes to him an important and indispensable element of the name, which he embraces for its purifying efficacy imparted to it thereby. He goes into the laver of the water, that he may approach the altar, Jesus, and be sprinkled by faith with his blood. This done, and he is justified by faith, by grace, by his blood, and washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the Spirit of our God. The truth, the water, and the blood all testify to his justification through his name. Lastly, upon this subject, we would at present remark that there is a precise and definite point of time at which a sinner's disposition and faith are granted to him for a change of mind or heart and for remission. And this is in the act of obedience. Ananias said to Saul, Arise, be baptized, and wash away thy sins, attaching thyself to the name of the Lord. Acts 22, verse 16. In the act of doing this, in rising from the water, Saul's state of heart was granted to him for repentance, and his belief of the truth was counted to him for remission of sins, both in the act which affected his attachment to the name. To perceive the force of the Spirit saying in the writing to the star angel in Pergamos, Thou holdest fast my name. It is necessary to understand the doctrine of that name. Therefore I have gone at some length into the exposition of it here, especially as there are so few in the world that have a scriptural comprehension of it. The teaching brethren in Pergamos still expounded it aright, although in such close neighbourhood to the Satan's headquarters, where they were indefatigably sowing tares and denying the foundation of the name, which is laid in the real humanity and sufferings of the sacrificial man, Jesus, who was delivered for the offences and raised again for the justification of sinners, who affectionately believe the promises made to Abraham and David and the truth as it is in Jesus. To these teachers, resident in the Satan's dwelling place and capital, the Spirit not only said, Thou holdest fast my name, but also, And hast not denied my faith. 